Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you will use this city as a tool of witness in the lives of those who are struggling to live godly for you. I pray that it will bring deliverance and set the captive free. Lord, as it goes beyond the prison walls, the highway and byways, that it will compel those to come unto you. Lord, those that are struggling, that they'll begin to live victoriously. And Lord, when that race is over and it is all finished, Lord, they can come unto you and you will say, Well done, thy good and faithful servant. In Jesus' name. Matthew 13, 44 through 46. But as Matthew wrote in this 13th chapter, there's a bunch of parables that we could turn our attention to, but there's only two that I would like to bring to the forefront on this morning. And they're found in verses 44 through 46 of the 13th chapter of Matthew. And again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a treasure hid in a field, the which when a man have found, he hideth, and for joy thereof goeth and selleth all that he hath, and buyeth that field. 45, and again, of heaven is likened unto a merchant man seeking goodly pearls, who when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had. Somebody say all. all. He went and sold all that he had and brought it. Eternal God, once again, we are grateful. We're thankful to you that we're in the house one more time, that you've given us a sound mind, Lord, to be able to, Lord, receive what the Spirit of God is saying to us. I ask, Lord, that you would look on our listening audience, whether it be in person to person, or if it's, Lord, on a social media platform, wherever they are, let them hear what the Spirit of God has to say this morning. And Lord, if there are any that have never repented of their sins, nor been baptized in Jesus' name, or haven't yet been filled with the Holy Ghost, and I say yet, because Lord, I believe somebody, Lord, on this day, Lord, will be a candidate to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And Lord, when all these things are said and done, souls are Lord delivered, people are rejoicing in God. We'll remember to give you the glory, the honor, and the praise. Everyone say in Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. If you would, just the latter part of both verses um, 44 and 46, just the latter part. Would a man have found he hideth, and for joy thereof, this is the part I want you to get, and for the joy thereof goeth and selleth all, everybody say all, all. selleth all that he hath, and buyeth that field. And in 46, of the latter part of that verse, went and sold all, everybody say all, all. that he had, and bought it. If you allow me to minister to you from this thought in the remaining time I have, the payoff versus the cost. Now turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, which is greater? God bless you. You may be seated. 
Amen. I, I, I want you to allow me to just kind of give you what's happening and, and how it happened in this particular setting of the parable. As we look at these three verses of scripture, we find what is truly representative of the heart and soul of following Jesus. Now, Jesus was one that believed in using what we call parables. He used the known things of that day to bring out a spiritual application. And so here we find Jesus doing what he typically does when he has a crowd of people and he has their attention. Uh, in these couple of parables, if you please, which are twins and must be taken together, our Lord utilizes two very familiar facts of old world life. In other words, things that were applicable back then. He had a way of capturing the attention of people by allowing them to see exactly what he was talking about in the parable because he used the known things of that day to bring out the spiritual things that they perhaps weren't thinking about. So we find him here doing that, both of them arising from a similar cause, these two parables, if you please. In the days when there were no banks and no limited liability companies, it was difficult for a man to know what to do with his little savings. Somebody say, what a predicament. <laughs> That's right, in those days, they did not have the luxury of what we have. So here we have it. We have these people having a sum of money, maybe not as much as some of y'all high rollers are, you know, y'all you know, rolling in the dough. But maybe they didn't have as much as you did, but, but they had something and they needed to know what to do with it. How can we use this? And so, again, in that day, Jesus, he uses this parable because he knows that the people are familiar with that in that day. People that had a, a source of monetary gain because of the oppression of the government, they would take their money and they would hide it in places like maybe under a tree or in the cleft of a tree, or underneath a rock, or dig somewhere, and they would hide their monies there, and then at a later date, they would come back and they'd have their monies. But how many know sometimes they died before they could get there? So here we have it in a field. Somebody's field has some money in it. It has some treasure in it. So Jesus used that to bring out this spiritual application in what we're about to talk about. We also find that in that day also that these people were quite aware that some people's uh, fortune could be changed in finding it. So now Jesus has their attention as he begins to break down this parable. Now picture with me, if you would, an average person like you and I, we're leading an everyday run-of-the-mill, routine life. 
But then one day, something happens that will change the trajectory or will change the outcome or will change our life forever. Somebody say forever. forever. Just think about it. Back in those days that we're talking about, there weren't many roads to travel. So you could cross across somebody's property to get where you needed to. And crossing a field aimlessly, here we find somebody thrusting their staff into the ground. And all of a sudden, he hears a thud. He gets down on his knees. He starts digging with his hands, and he finds treasure. Somebody shout treasure. Woo, boy, I hit the big one. He found treasure. He realizes that it was very old, maybe too old, to have been buried by the current landowner who wouldn't have any idea that it's even there. It's called unclaimed treasure. <laughs> that means it's waiting for somebody like you, 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 and you to find it. So it was unclaimed treasure waiting for somebody. Somebody say, I met somebody today. Ha! Glory be to Just waiting for somebody to find it. The treasure captures this man's attention. All he can think about is this treasure. It becomes all-consuming. It becomes the center gravity of his life. He's dead set on obtaining that treasure. He's willing at all costs to pay whatever the price to obtain it. This man has experienced the ultimate paradigm shift. In other words, he sees life differently now. He's viewing life from a new perspective. All things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new, 2 Corinthians uh, 5 and 17 in part. And then he says, but what things were gained to me, those are counted as loss for Christ, Philippians 3 and 21. As we look back at our text, we find Jesus is simply utilizing or using this parable of the treasure in the field as an illustration of heavenly treasure. Remember, a parable, using the known things to bring out the unknown, the spiritual things. So that's what he's doing. He's using it as an illustration of heavenly treasure. No matter how great an earthly treasure, it still is worthless in the eyes of eternity. In fact, it's exactly this kind of treasure that people waste their entire lives trying to acquire. That temporal, earthly treasure of this old world. Jesus is appealing to what people do value, temporary earthly treasures. Who is quiet in this apostolic church? It is the truth. We spend hours, countless days, weeks, months, years trying to obtain something that's temporal. Somebody once said it like this, if you ever see a hearse going to a funeral, it's not pulling all of the wealth, all of the things that were gained. Those things are left for somebody else. Hello. <laughs> Get your wheels together. 
unless you want the state to come in and take everything you have and use it for what they want. But we, Jesus is, he's appealing to the people right where they are. How many know Jesus will meet you right where you are? <laughs> and, and so right now, if where you are is thinking about temporal treasures, he's meeting you right there. But he did that in order to make an allegory to what they should value, which was eternal heavenly treasure. As Christians, I mean in this U.S. of A, in America, period, and point blank, we desperately need a radical paradigm shift, a new way of seeing. We need to start seeing things from an eternal perspective. I wish I could get me somebody right now to start getting 2020 for the things of heaven. We've got to start seeing that thing from an eternal perspective in order to acquire a heavenly treasure. That's when our lives will be consumed. Our lives will become filled with vision for investing for eternity. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? I'm still there. Once we see things from that perspective, we will become consumed with investing our time, talents, and our resources toward that heavenly treasure. Somebody say, I want heavenly treasure. You see, for wherever your heart is, there will, listen, wherever the treasure is, there will your heart be also. Matthew 5, Matthew 6 and 21, excuse me. For a moment. Let's check out for a moment what the text says about this man when he found it, meaning the treasure that was hid in the earth. It says he takes it. He then proceeds to hide it again. <laughs> what is he doing? What he's doing is he's staking his claim for the unfound treasure. I found it. And I want to make sure you don't get it. So what does he do? He hides it again, is what the scripture says. And then with joy, somebody shout joy. joy. I say, and with joy, not sadness, not regret, not grief, but joy, unspeakable joy. It's that kind of joy that brings exhilaration that's beyond comprehension. This is the joy that calls him to sell all. Somebody say all. That caused this man to sell all that he had. And by the way, my brothers and sisters, in the original Greek, that word all means all. That's why it's translated that way. It cost him everything. Somebody shout everything. everything. See, when, when you give up everything, there's nothing left. Oh, I wish I could get me somebody to see you haven't given Christ everything. There's some, oh, thank you, Jesus. There's some stuff that you haven't given to him. So right there, let me pause here and, and allow me to ask, are you one of those who say that you've surrendered all to Jesus, but in reality, you've been holding back, you've been holding on to a few things? that you just can't seem to let go. Again, the Bible says it costs him everything. If it costs him everything, what do you think it should cost you? 
<laughs> oh, oh, you should get a hometown discount. You should get a King Kids special. No, mm -mm. everything must go. Hallelujah. You know, it's getting ready to break, getting ready to have summertime. And you know how we do it. We'll put out them signs, yard sale. Poof. I'm married to the yard sale queen, y'all. Maybe y'all didn't know it. I mean, she can go to a yard sale and they can have $50 on it. She say, well, you think you take $5 for it? But, but see, when you are doing a yard sale, you get to the point, you know you got all that stuff, and you're saying to yourself, I'm not toting that back in the house. I, I'm not bringing it back. Everything goes. So you are willing to, no matter what, to let it go. I wish I had me somebody in here ready and willing to just let it go. Don't hold on. Give it to Jesus. But when we think about this man, it cost him everything. Think of his sacrifice. The sacrifice paled in comparison to the reward. That means the payoff was much greater than the cost. You see, the man who found the treasure would be a fool not to do exactly what we find him doing in the scripture, what he did. He makes a short-term sacrifice for a long-term reward. <laughs> oh, come on, y'all, work with me now. He made a short-term sacrifice for a long-term reward. But it cost him. Somebody say it cost him. It cost him what? Everything he had. Yes. And it gained him everything that mattered. You see what mattered to him there? Wherever my treasure is, there will my heart be also. Once again, the key word is joy. Somebody shout joy. joy. The key word here is joy. Not in his misery. He made his sacrifice. He made it in joy. He counted it all joy. How can one sacrifice with joy? How could a person sacrifice with joy? Because of relative worth or what he gave up and what he gained. You see the things that are working here in relative worth? What he gave up and what he gained. It's what they call in the business world cost slash benefit ratio. That simply means the purpose of cost benefit analysis is to determine if any investment decision is sound, verifying whether its benefit outweighs the cost. Anybody believe that? Don't forget the payoff versus the cost, which is greater. <laughs> you got to verify whether its benefits outweighs the cost. And by how much? I'll tell you how much. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame. See, what Jesus did for us, oh, thank you, Jesus. I'm telling you the payoff versus the cost. Ask yourself the question, which is greater? 
is for us that Jesus ascended through 40 and two generations, came down here, put on a robe of flesh, and said, I'm going to be a God, not far, but a God near. I'm going to be able to identify with every hurt, pain that you ever go through. He was saying that for the joy. What joy, Jesus? They're going to pin you up to a cross. They're going to nail you to the cross. But the Bible said, for the joy, he counted it all joy. Knowing what was going to happen. That the payoff versus the cost, he knew it was greater. You see, when you are plugged into what that means to God, any feeling of sacrifice is overwhelmed with pure joy. Somebody say pure joy. Pure joy. Now, that's not that artificial stuff, you know, pure. Okay. I know I got me some bakers in the house. Sister Lily is the, sh the chef. She's the chief baker in New Life Ministries of Aiken. So you can identify with this. Sister Lily, they have something called vanilla extract. And you know for the real deal, the pure versus the artificial, you can tell the taste difference. And, and so what he's saying is right here is when we are plugged into Jesus, when we are plugged in to the way that God feels about our sacrifice is overwhelming us with pure joy and excitement to hear the pleasure in God's voice. When he says, well done, my good and faithful servant. Woo-wee! <laughs> Nothing can compare to that. I, I don't know about you, but I don't want to spend all of the time here on earth and hear him say, depart from me, ye worker of iniquity, I never knew you. Now that is enough to make somebody depressed. You mean after all? That's right. If we didn't understand that once we find this treasure, once we find the pearl, once we find these things and we value them accordingly, that's when our life is going to change. But just to hear the pleasure in his voice to say to us, well done, my good and faithful servant. You can't compare that with anything. Hello? <laughs> no, sir. My brothers and sisters, the treasure is available to all. Somebody say all. all. All means all, and that's all it means. This treasure is available for everybody. The treasure is hid, but not because God did not wish you to see it. It's because you have made yourself blind to it. If our gospel be hid, it is hid to them. And in whom the God, the little G-O-D of this world, have blinded their eyes. Some people, you're blinded to what you call success. I got to get there. Whew. What shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his soul? His own soul. What, what, what are you going to do when you finally, quote unquote, become successful and have everything but lost Christ. Is it worth it? Is it worth it to, on your dying bed, 
be thinking, man, all of those man hours I spent working overtime, all of the man hours I spent building up my business, all the time I spent going to school, is it worth it if you die without Christ? If your whole desires are passionately set on treasures for this world, if we're just living for the here and now without thought beyond this present world, how can we expect to see the treasures of heaven? How can we expect to see the treasures, although it's lying right before your very eyes? My brothers and sisters, guests and or visitors, those in social media, I just want to say to you, the payoff versus the cost, which is greater. You see, in those parables, the thing that Jesus was driving home was that the one that found the treasure, once he found the treasure, he took all that he had and he bought the land. The treasure was there the whole time, but it was unclaimed treasure. I'm telling you, it's unclaimed treasure here this morning. Are you willing to do what it takes to find it? To find it means that I have to let go of some things. I have to disassociate myself with some people. I've got to have a new mindset. I've got to have an eternal perspective in life and not just the temporary. The man that took, he intentionally went around the world looking for this pearl of great price. The Bible said once he found it, all of the tens of thousands of other pearls that he had, man, they really had these degrees. Man, they really built a business from nothing and now it's something. What do you want your legacy to be? Do you want people to see your work still flourishing after you're long gone? The way that you loved on people, the way that you concerned yourself with people, the way that you were willing to give all in to Jesus. What is the legacy you want to leave? The payoff versus the cost, which is greater. Father, we come before you because we have been uh, challenged today in this message from the pulpit to the back seat. Lord, and it has, Lord, the capacity to move through the airwaves, Lord, and Lord, the sound barrier is being broken right now with, Lord, a word that will forever transform the life of not just the hearer, but the doer. So, Lord, help us today, Lord Jesus, as we evaluate how we value things. Help us, Lord Jesus, to be willing to acknowledge and confess, Lord, I am holding on to some stuff. There's some things that, Lord, I find very difficult to let go of. Brothers and sisters, this altar is open. It's for you today to come to Jesus just as you are, weary, worn, maybe even sad. But you'll find a resting place in him today. Are you here? Maybe there's somebody that recognizes that you know, Lord, what is greater? It is the cost, the cost that you paid for my salvation. Whatever the needs are today,
Father, I know that you can meet them and supply all of their need according to your riches and glory. And we thank you for doing it, Lord, in Jesus' name. you father i gotta give you thanks because lord everything that you have done i didn't look at it now i thank you lord for the release of every chain everywhere i go god i gotta give you praise because you have heard my cry we have been smothered by the grace of god and it has brought us joy therefore lord we was able to make a joyful noise in this city we have learned to forgive and with that in mind god i just can't stop praising you in the name of jesus we give you praise Amen.